You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Thank you all so very much for being here today. We are wrapping up our Communication 101 series, and I hope that this series has really helped you all to be able to have more meaningful conversations. You know, one of the things that I get a lot of feedback on from couples that I coach is that the biggest thing that they are facing in their marriages or in their relationships is they often say a lack of communication. And then I quickly correct them and say, what you all are actually experiencing is the inability to communicate properly. So communication, as we know, is a huge, huge deal. It's a huge issue. And many people have problems with communication because they don't have the proper tools. So that was the whole reason behind us doing this entire series. And in this series, y'all, we talked about a lot. We talked about I statements how to speak from a perspective of me instead of a perspective of you. We talked about how to become a better listener. We talked about nonverbal communication. We talked about how men and women communicate differently. And I hope you guys got a chance to listen to episode 88, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and Relationships. That is some classic, classic communication skills right there. And so if you haven't listened to episode 88, be sure to go back and listen to that. Well, guys, today we are talking about a really important topic. We're talking about something that affects more than half of our population, and that is people who are conflict avoidant, people who avoid conflict because of many different reasons, which we're going to get into in this episode. So if this is you, if you are someone who avoids conflict or you're in relationship with someone who does, this episode is going to be super helpful for you. So I want to first of all start off with letting you all know, if you're a first-time listener, you might not have heard some of these stories before. If you have been a faithful listener to Real Relationship Talks, just bear with me. Today, I have no problem with conflict. But five years ago, 10 years ago, I also avoided conflict. Now, I know that that might be hard for some of you to believe because some people think that I like love conflict, but I don't love it. I just am not afraid of it. And there's a difference. You can actually be somebody who is brave enough to go into the fires of conflict because you know what is on the other side of that. Or you can be somebody who avoids conflict because you're afraid of what's inside the conflict. So it's really just a perspective shift. If all you're looking at is, oh my gosh, we're going to have a fight and then he's going to be angry and then she's going to shut down and then we're not going to get along and we're going to give each other the silent treatment and our relationship is going to be in jeopardy and they're going to think that I'm a mean person. If that's all that you focus on, well, then it's no wonder that you're going to avoid conflict. But if you look on what's on the other side of conflict, which is deeper connection, which is mutual respect, which is having a more intimate relationship, then you will be able to go through conflict just fine. So we're going to talk a little bit about why people avoid conflict, and then I'm going to give you five tips on what to do instead, okay? So first and foremost, let's be real. 
most of us want peace in our lives. Okay, like peace is what we're all after. We're like, just give me some peace. I want to come home. I don't want a whole bunch of arguing and fighting. I don't want any drama. I just want peace in my life. That's what most of us are after. And if we're not careful, we will begin to confuse peacemaking with peacekeeping. So in the Bible, in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Now, notice that it says blessed are the peacemakers and not blessed are the peacekeepers. You see, people who are just keeping the peace do so most often to their own detriment. People who actually make peace are people who understand that peace has to be created. Peace has to be worked for. You don't keep the peace by just being quiet. Because what happens is even though you might be quiet, there's oftentimes an inner turmoil that's going on inside of you. So even though there might not be external conflict, there most certainly is internal conflict. So we don't want to be people who are just keeping the peace. We want to be people who are brave enough to make the peace. And in order to make the peace, you have to deal with conflict. There are so many reasons that people avoid conflict, and I think one of those reasons is faulty teaching, especially Christians, y'all. There is this idea that in order to be a good Christian, you're supposed to be the nice guy all the time or the nice girl all the time. You're supposed to be super friendly all the time. You're supposed to be laid back and chill all the time. And that's just simply not true. Those are personalities that, sure, exist in Christianity, but then there's also spunky personalities and fiery personalities and rambunctious personalities and passionate personalities, and all of those are great. So being a good Christian is not somebody who avoids conflict. I would say the opposite, because look at the life of Jesus. Jesus did not avoid conflict. You cannot find one scripture that says, blessed are those who avoid conflict. No, that's not who Jesus was. That's not what he was about. That's not how he lived his ministry. As a matter of fact, if you read the Gospels, you will see that Jesus actually approached conflict head on. He was not afraid of it. And it wasn't because he was a troublemaker, but it was because he was looking for true shalom, You know, in American vocabulary, we don't really use the word shalom a lot. If you are Jewish or if you're Christian, you probably are familiar with the word shalom. But oftentimes that word shalom is translated peace. And shalom is so much more than peace. I'm going to read to you a quote. This is by Neil Platenja in his book, Engaging God's Word. This is what he says. He says, Shalom is when all things and all people are in perfect harmony and wholeness with each other and their creator. When all things and all people are fulfilling their originally created and designed purpose. Shalom is the way things ought to be. That is the working definition that I use for shalom. It's the way things ought to be. It's when God looks down at his creation and he says, that's how that relationship should be. That's how that friendship should be. That's how that parent-child connection should be. It is the way things ought to be. 
Now, if you notice in Neil's definition, he said that shalom is when all things and all people are in perfect harmony and wholeness. Let's talk about harmony. If you know anything about music, you know that in order for a song to have harmony in it, it has two different sounds. You've got an alto and a soprano singing the same song, right? You've got two different sounds coming together as one. That's harmony. Oftentimes, what we think we should have in relationships is melody, where we're all singing the same note and the same key the same way. And that is not shalom. Shalom is taking our differences in opinions, our differences in how we see the world, our different values, our different perspectives, and it's allowing those things to blend together to create this beautiful song, if you will, this unified voice. That's what shalom is. It's the way that things ought to be. So when we actually pursue peace, when we become true peacemakers, we're saying this relationship is not operating the way that it ought to. So instead of ignoring it, instead of changing the subject, instead of acting like I don't see the problems and just smiling and saying that everything's okay when I know it's not, I am going to be willing to step into some conflict so that we can actually create real shalom so that we can actually bring this relationship to the place where it ought to be. That's why this conversation is important. That's why it's important that we stop being people pleasers and that we start truly operating in the shalom of God and our relationships. So let's talk a little bit about why people avoid conflict. When I was a kid, and you guys have heard me share this story before if you're a follower of this podcast, when I was a kid, I grew up in a very tumultuous household. I saw conflict all the time. My parents fought, and I mean like physically, not just verbally. And I grew up seeing that, and I hated it. I felt very small in those situations. I felt unseen. I felt unimportant. I felt lots of things. And this is not a knock to my mom. My mom is a faithful listener of this podcast. We have these conversations all the time. But this is the reality of how I grew up. So when Sean and I started dating, I had lots and lots and lots of practice with conflict. Now, Sean, on the other hand, bless his sweet soul, grew up in a household that was very opposite of how I grew up. His parents didn't fight. His parents didn't even disagree in front of him. And so Sean developed a fear of conflict, not in the same way that I developed a fear of conflict, but he developed a fear of conflict because he didn't know how to process it. He thought every time we had a disagreement, we were going to break up. So he would stifle his opinions. He would stifle his needs because he didn't want to ruffle my feathers. Now, in the beginning of our relationship, that was real cute, y'all. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's so nice. He cares about me. He doesn't want to get me upset, right? That was all cute in the beginning. But that did not last because what I started to realize is that I don't know this dude. He never has an opinion about anything that's different than mine. When I stand up for myself, he backs down. And that was no longer um, attractive, just to be honest with you. I wanted a man who was going to be able to stand up for himself, a man who was going to have an opinion and not be afraid to voice his opinion, even if that meant upsetting me. And so we had to have some challenging conversations in the beginning of our marriage. And I was like, listen, it's not about like what I want to do all the time. I appreciate that. But what about what are some things that you want to do? What's important to you? 
And if you're in a relationship with someone who is conflict avoidant, one of the loving things that you can do to help them is to let them understand that their opinion matters, that their voice matters, that you're not looking for just a pushover. You guys remember if y'all have seen the movie Coming to America, not the sequel, but like the actual original Coming to America. Do you guys remember when Eddie Murphy was like interviewing all the African women, the women who were like in his uh, tribe and he was going to marry them? And there was this one woman and she came in and, and he was like, bark like a dog. And she starts barking like a dog. He's like, hop on one foot. She starts hopping on one foot. And he tells Arsenio Hall, he's like, I don't want a woman like that. I want to go to Queens, New York, right? Because he wanted a woman who was going to stand her ground, a woman who knew who she was and who was assertive enough to be able to communicate that to him. And my friends, this is what we really do want in relationships. If you're okay with being in a relationship with somebody who is docile and who has no opinion whatsoever and just lets you kind of just take the reins, well, then that's dysfunctional. That's not how relationships are supposed to operate. Both opinions should matter. So the reason that some people avoid conflict is because of fear. They're afraid of others. They're afraid of disappointing others. They're afraid of getting in an argument with someone. Maybe they're afraid that if we get into this argument, it's going to blow up and I'm not going to be able to hold my own. That's a real threat to some people. Hopefully, we're not in physically abusive relationships where we have to be afraid of that, but maybe you are. Maybe you don't want to voice your opinion because you have had situations where your partner has physically assaulted you. That's a real fear, and I understand that. I will say if you're in a relationship like that right now, it is absolutely unhealthy, and those relationships do not get better. They get worse. Now, maybe you're not afraid of others. Maybe you're afraid of yourself. That was my story, you guys. I wasn't necessarily afraid of Sean. Like, okay, we're not going to have conflict because I'm afraid of you. I didn't want to be like how I grew up. And I realized that I had marinated in that dysfunction for all those years. So some of that must be in me. I at least had enough sense to know that. And so sometimes I avoided conflict because I didn't want to go from zero to 100 in 2.5 seconds. I didn't trust myself. And if that's the case, then you've got some work to do on yourself so that you can learn how to have healthy, productive conversations without blowing up. That took me a while to learn. I was volatile, y'all. Like, I've thrown some stuff at Sean. I have said some stuff out of my mouth that I never should have said at him, especially in the beginning of our relationship because I didn't have the tools to handle conflict properly. So I defaulted to what I had grown up seeing. Now, that's not an excuse to avoid conflict. You still have to learn how to approach conflict, even if you have a story or a background like mine. So we talked about people-pleasing. Sometimes people avoid conflict because of their upbringing, and not just necessarily if you grew up in a volatile environment, but maybe you grew up in a dismissive environment where your opinions didn't matter, where you would try to voice your opinion or you would try to speak up and you would just get shut down. So if you get shut down long enough, especially as a child, you're going to begin to think, my opinions don't matter. So why even speak up? Nobody cares anyway. Or maybe you grew up in a household that was hypercritical. And everything that you did, you got in trouble for. 
So you learn how to just shut yourself down so that you're not always upsetting people. We have some trauma in childhood that we have to be able to deal with. If you need to speak to a coach or a counselor or somebody to help you to be able to deal with that, then make sure that you do that. But let's not go any longer with allowing those childhood wounds and those childhood traumas to affect us in our today. You can choose to step out of that little girl or step out of that little boy. You're not a little boy or a little girl anymore who has to be shut down because of your opinions. Your opinions matter. You matter. And so it's time that you start standing up for yourself and speaking up for yourself. Hey friend, are you looking for ways to set boundaries in your relationships? Or are you a married couple and you're looking to make love outside the bedroom? Well, today is your lucky day. I have e-courses and workshops on my website just for you. And as a special treat, I'm offering you a 10% discount if you use the coupon code PODCAST10. That's right. All you need to do is head over to my website at danashay.com forward slash shop. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash shop to enjoy your 10% discount of my already low price of $29 for any e-course or workshop on the site. That's right. Just head on over to danashay.com forward slash shop and use coupon code podcast 10. That's podcast one zero to enjoy your special discount on any e-course or workshop. And let me help you build deeper connection in your marriages and in your relationships. There's a famous quote that says, if you avoid conflict to keep the peace, you start a war inside yourself. You all, there are some real ramifications of avoiding conflict. There are things that happen to us when we stay silent, even though we should be speaking up. This internal angst that we feel, it produces anger. Sometimes it'll produce resentment in yourself, toward yourself, and toward other people. You'll become bitter toward other people. You might become lonely because you're distancing yourself from other people because you think nobody is safe. They're not safe enough for me to express how I really feel. So you will begin to pull back, which will then make you feel lonely. You can actually even start experiencing depression, anxiety, all because you won't speak up for yourself. And let's talk a little bit about the quality of your relationships when you choose to avoid conflict. Think about it. If you're avoiding conflict, that means that you're not having an honest, healthy relationship. If your spouse says, hey, you look a little upset. Is everything okay? And you say, I'm fine. That's not honest. So instead of being dishonest, try being truthful. Okay, so we are going to talk about some tips now for how you can actually stop avoiding conflict and how you can approach conflict with confidence. The first thing that I'm going to encourage you to do is to reframe the whole purpose of conflict. Again, if you think that conflict is going to damage your relationship or speaking up for yourself is going to somehow make you a bad person, then you're not going to ever stand up for yourself and you're never going to approach conflict. But if you reframe conflict to say what's on the other side is what I'm after here, I know that we're going to have to go through the messy part in order to get to the good part. So I'm going to reframe it. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm going to remember the purpose of this conflict. 
So that's the first thing that you have to do. Number two is similar to it, and it's look to build connection. You see, in every conflict that I face, I realize I've got a choice. I can either choose to shut down and disconnect myself, or I can choose to step into the conflict and try to create a deeper connection. Now, this doesn't happen 100% of the time, you guys, because sometimes the other person is not willing to go through conflict in a healthy way with you. And therefore, they are the ones who are minimizing the connection. But the Bible also says, what, as long as it depends on you or as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And again, that word peace there is not talking about smile and say that everything's okay. It means as much as it depends on you, you do the work of becoming a peacemaker. So that's what I'm committed to. I don't control what other people do. I can't control what other people think. I can't control what other people feel. I can't control what other people do. But I can control what I think, what I feel, and what I do. And so I'm looking to build a deeper connection with that other person, especially my husband. So when we go through conflict, I might not like him. I might not like what he's saying. I might not like what this is doing to us. But I'm going to say, you know what? How can we make sure that we are not going to go through this for nothing? You see, if I have to go through something, I'm going to make sure that I come back waving my victory flag. Okay, I'm going to come out of that thing victorious. And that's what you have to think about. What can I do in this conversation, in this conflict, to actually build a deeper connection? Let's drill down a little bit. What does that look like? Let's talk practically here. If you actually think about what is it that you, and let's say your spouse, for this example, what are you and your spouse actually disagreeing about? Most of our disagreements are not about that thing at all. So let's say that you are on a two-day arguing streak right now or a two-day silent treatment streak right now. And honestly, most of the time, we don't even remember what the original argument or disagreement was about. It's usually not the thing that we're in conflict about that's the problem. It's what's behind that. Somebody feels disrespected. Somebody feels unheard. Somebody feels unloved. Somebody feels unnecessary, right? And so those feelings are actually triggered by a situation that happens. What we do is we tend to focus on the situation instead of focusing on what's beneath the surface. Okay, the third thing that you should do instead of avoiding conflict is to focus on the solution and not the problem. When I first started coaching, you guys, I would have couples in front of me that would argue, 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 argue. And I would literally sit there and talk to them about all of the problems that they were having. And they would get off the line frustrated. I would get off the line frustrated. And no real headway was being made. So I changed my approach. And I started saying, okay, we're not going to focus on the problem. We're going to start focusing on the solution. So yes, I hear your problem, but what we're going to do is focus on what is the win-win for you guys. And that's actually number four. Look for the win-win. What can we do to stop focusing on the problem? And what can we do to focus on the solution? What do you want to see in your marriage? What do you want to see happen in this relationship? What do you want to see happen with this conflict, whatever this disagreement is that you all are having? Focus on the solution. Don't focus on the problem. If you focus on the problem, that's all you're going to see. But if you start to say, what's on the other side of this problem? Let's actually work together to find a solution. 
And then I just gave away number four. But then along with that, and let's find a solution that's a win-win for both of us. This is when conflict actually kind of can become fun. Because now you're saying, it's not just about me winning, it's about you winning too. I want to create a win-win because you matter to me. That's what love says. Love says you matter to me. You're important and I'm also important. It's not you're important and I'm not important. No, I'm also important. Your partner might, quote, get their way, but you can still come out of that a winner because you worked the problem and you found a mutual solution. And if you did that, my friend, then you are a winner. I hope that we have graduated beyond the place of I've got to get my way. I have to be right. And it has to go my way. And we have to do what I want to do. Like, that is so, that's not even communication 101 or relationships 101. That's relationships none on none. (laughs) Sorry, that was corny. But literally, that's not how we communicate, guys. That's not mature relationships. It's not about me getting my way. It's about us finding a solution that's a win-win for both of us. How can we both walk away from this feeling validated, feeling like we both have some skin in the game, and we both are coming out of this with something that we want? It might not be my ideal solution. I may have had to give up some things, but it's okay because for the greater good of our relationship, that's what's most important to me. Okay, so that's number four. And then the final thing that I want to encourage you to do to stop avoiding conflict is to challenge yourself out of your comfort zone. Some of you, you're hearing all of these tips and you're hearing this advice and you're like, I just can't. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to face it. I just don't want the drama. I just I understand. But I want to encourage you to challenge yourself outside of your comfort zone. There have been times, y'all, that I have had to have conversations in my mirror just me and myself, and I'm pretending that I'm the other person. I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this, and then they're going to say this. No, 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 uh, uh, actually, they're going to say this, and then I'm going to say this. Like sometimes you have to role play so that you can build up some confidence, a little bit of confidence, so that when you have that conversation, you're challenging yourself. It's going to be uncomfortable. This isn't easy, especially if you have lived your whole life avoiding conflict. But remember that we're not about ease. We're about effectiveness. We want to have real relationships. We want to have honest relationships. We want to have authentic and intimate relationships. And you're never going to be able to have that if you continue to avoid conflict. So let's stop pretending. Let's stop smiling. Let's stop lying and saying that everything's okay when we know that it isn't okay. Your spouse or your partner or whoever you're in relationship with, they deserve to know the real you, all of the real you, every part, the hurting parts, the lonely parts, the scared parts. And you deserve for that part of you to be seen as well. So as we wrap this episode, I want to give you three affirmations. I'm huge on affirmations. I say them. I write them. I have a log on my bed that I constantly add to these affirmations for myself. This is what helps me to build confidence. And I want you all to say these out loud, okay? So I'm going to say them first so you can hear them. And then I want you with me to say them out loud. If you've got AirPods in, it's okay. Just start saying them. People are going to look at you funny, but it's okay. All right, number one. I am worthy of being heard and respected. Let's say it together. I am worthy of being heard and respected. 
Do you know that? That you're worthy of being heard? It doesn't matter if you were dismissed your whole life. You're worthy of being heard. You're worthy of being respected. Number two, it's okay to feel how I feel. My feelings matter. Let's say that together. It's okay to feel how I feel. My feelings matter. Here's the deal. Feelings are not right or wrong. They're just feelings. When you feel like, you know what, I shouldn't be feeling this way, don't tell yourself that. It's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to feel embarrassed. It's okay to feel insecure. It's okay to feel afraid. Feelings are just feelings. They're neutral. They're not right or wrong. It's what we do with those feelings that can determine whether something is right or wrong. So feelings are good. It's kind of like if we were to touch a hot stove and we didn't feel the, the heat underneath our fingers. God gave us these nerve endings at the end of our fingers so that we know that we're in danger when we touch something hot. And it's the same way with your feelings. So many people try to stifle their feelings and you should never do that. Feel your feels. Feel all the feels, right? Because again, they're not right or wrong. So your feelings matter. They're just pointing you to something that's not right in the inside. So pay attention to that. Okay, our final affirmation for today is this. Approaching this conflict is making me better. Let's say that together. Approaching this conflict is making me better. I believe that. Do you believe that? If you approach this conflict, whatever the conflict is, it is going to make you better. Now, If you are not used to having conflict, you are going to mess up in the beginning and it's okay. Don't shrink back. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I just blew up at my spouse because I was trying to be honest. Don't beat yourself up about that. Ask for forgiveness. Let your spouse know, you know that this whole conflict thing is new to me. I normally don't say anything. And today I was a little extra. Would you please forgive me? Great. Get back up. Try again. You're learning a new skill. So my hope and prayer for you all today is that you stop avoiding conflicts because you're really just holding yourself back and holding stuff in, you are going to eventually explode. How do you start to become a person that is not afraid of conflict? You start to have little conversations. You start to step into the conflict, approach the conflict a little bit at a time, and you course correct. The final thing that I'll say today is... As you all are having these conversations, as you're stepping up and approaching conflict, do not apologize for how you feel. Do not say things like, I'm really sorry that I have to talk to you about this, but no, powerful words. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And let's get rid of all the filler words like, I'm sorry, but we talked about this when we were, uh, Sean and I, actually on episode 90, how men and women communicate differently. A lot of women will use apologizing in excess. I'm sorry, but stop apologizing. Just say what you need to say. Just be honest. And you're going to see that the more honest you are with yourself and the more honest you are with the people that you're in relationship with, the more confident you will become the more assertive you will become and the more peace you will find because this, my friends, is the work of making peace, not just keeping the peace. I hate to tell you this, but I hope that you have some conflict this week (laughs) so that you can put into practice everything that we've talked about. 
This might be one of those episodes that you want to make sure that you save. And if you are not already subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe. That way the podcast show up automatically for you every Tuesday when they're released and you can easily go back to the episodes that you've listened to in the past and re-listen, re-engage. Your feelings matter. You matter. You are worthy. So step into the conflict and stop avoiding it. Well, this has been my pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this podcast and every episode at realrelationshiptalk.com. Make sure that you are following me on Instagram. If we are not already Instagram friends, I've been doing some fun reels, just sharing some marriage advice, some communication tips. So be sure that you are following me there at Ms. Dana Shea. That's M-R-S. D-A-N-A-C-H-E. So thanks so much for listening today, you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.